welcome to Uncorked in Conversation. It's your girl, Elle, and I'm here with April and Paulette. Cheers, ladies. Cheers. Clink, 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 clink. 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 <laughs> no. Oh, hell no. You don't got the red cup again. Don't talk about my cup before you talk about that. We had this discussion last week. Stop. Joining us tonight, tonight, we have a very special guest. I am very excited. Uh, And I want to introduce her first so she can be in on uh, y'all roasting me uh, with my red cup here. Tonight we have author, poet, spoken word artist, and host of the CS Cafe, Crystal Santoria. Cheers, Crystal. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. And a clunk in her red cup. Go ahead. Yeah, clunk. Crystal, thank you for being here. We normally uncork and talk about what we're uncorking on. So why don't we get that conversation started and I will defend my red cup shortly. So ladies, what are you sipping on? Mm-hmm. Oh, whatever. okay. Anyway, I have a white wine tonight. Um, it's a passion fruit. Oh my goodness. And you guys know how I love the sweet wines. And this one is really taking the note. You hear me? I'm tasting the pineapple in here. I do uh, a little peach in here. It is nice and nice and cold and sweet. And it's tickling the... uh, Yes, you know that thing back in the back of your throat? Oh, you nasty. girl. Don't be telling people your business. Hey, wait till they hear our guest's voice. They're going to be like, oh, I'm tingling. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Ooh, what you talking about? <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. What anyway. you got there, April? Okay. What I'm drinking is a raw. It's a uh, California wine. And it's, of course, it's Chardonnay. I, I was going to try to front and um, pretend like it was something else, but it's not. I, I just don't know drink why. what I know. <laughs> I was going to front. No. But yes, I'm, drink- <laughs> I'm drinking a dry Chardonnay. This is pretty good, actually. This is smooth. Um, I taste pears and apricots. Yeah, delicious. It settles. It settles in the mouth, so it's savoring right now in my, on my tongue. And as it goes down my throat, it's so smooth. This is a Chateau Chavron. It's a California wine. Nice. Um, Twenty eighteen. I decided that I'm going to try all wines. Twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen, but nothing twenty twenty. I don't want nothing. Nothing no. of 2021, so don't give me nothing. But this 2018 is pretty darn good. I think that's a good year as yeah. far as uh, vineyards uh, producing their wines. I think that's a pretty good year in California. So, uh-uh. salute, salute. Well, I am drinking lemonade out of my red solo cup. Y'all can see what y'all want to. Don't let them pick on me, Crystal. Don't let them pick on me. Don't let them pick on you now. <laughs> well since it's lemonade you know you can go with that so this yeah <laughs> it's just lemonade tonight i have a couple of auditions to sub- i have a couple of auditions to submit tonight a couple of self-tapes so i said i i better have my my wits about me but then maybe after that perhaps i will 
crack open the Pinot Noir and sip a little, but okay. after auditions, so. Okay, all right, that's very um, professional of you. <laughs> now, now it's interesting to me because, you know, Crystal being here and being a, a, an erotic poetry, uh, an erotic poet, erotic spoken word artist, erotic author, um, you guys were saying a lot about your throat and your tongue and the little thing. And the, why y'all chose tonight to be nasty like that? It's not being nasty. I was just experiencing the wine. No, that that was me. Oh, that, that, that's her. That was me. She was saying that hers was smooth. You know, I was just saying, you know, this one. I don't. I guess because I had this is a bottle I've had for a while, and um, I hadn't tasted it in a in months. And it's just, it's just hitting the spot. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean. Again, she's being nasty. Hit the spot. Okay. That's the way you're taking it. That's where your brain is. It's Crystal fault. I'm going to say they're doing this in honor of you. It's, it's the erotica in the air. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a compliment. <laughs> I'll take it. I know that's right. So, and, and Crystal really hits her listeners. If you've had a chance to listen to the CS Cafe, Crystal really hits her listeners with that sexy, sultry. Y'all hear her voice? Y'all hear how her voice sounds? Yes, yeah. And when, and when she says CS Cafe, it's C S Cafe. I can't do it like that. Do it, do it, Crystal. I can't do, do, do it, Crystal. Do it, Crystal. S Cafe. Yes, honey. I'm ready. <laughs> Look, just like that. I'm ready. <laughs> Love it. Ready. Love it. So in just a couple minutes, we're gonna uh in, we're gonna talk a little bit more to Crystal, have her share a little bit of her work with us and talk more about her podcast. But first, as y'all know, there's always a but first. I'm scared. Well, go ahead. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Let's talk April birthdays. Clink, clink, okay, clink, we can talk about clink. that. We can talk about that. We can talk about that. Oh, 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 oh. You know, you know, I thought about this. We celebrated and we had podcasts and we celebrated in February, which was Black History Month. And then here comes March, which is Women's History Month. And here's April. April <laughs> Month. <laughs> Just so that you know, it's not National April Month. It's National Poetry Month. But yeah, we recognize it's your birthday. birthday. It's your birthday. Bad bitch contest. You in first place. Hey, one time for the birthday chick. Two times for the birthday chick. Three times for the birthday chick. I'm Turn up. for your birthday chick. You do know that my name is on the calendar. <laughs> The whole world celebrates me. Oh my me. God. Hello. Yes. The whole world. It's on the calendar. I have to say, <laughs> I knew this was a mistake. <laughs> yes. Writing in the April birthday celebration, I knew it was a mistake. And let me tell you so our listeners know, and Crystal, so that you know, I, I feel like I'm on an island because April, Paulette, and Sarita. All have April birthdays. April was uh, she celebrated hers on April seventh. We celebrated last week through the weekend. Paulette is April twenty second, and Sarita is April twenty seventh. Did I get that right, Paulette? 
Mm-hmm. Good. Make sure I got that right because I'll get fussed out. So this is where I am. Because my birthday is not till December. So I have to just put up with this and I guess go broke buying gifts because all three co-hosts birthdays are in April. What you think about that, Crystal? Lauren, I think y'all need to go to the strip club because dang on all three of y'all birthdays on the birthday just throw that money. <laughs> hey! 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 We did that one year. Y'all remember that? For, uh, for Serena's birthday. We Oh my God, we did. It was the all-male review. That, that, oh yeah, that was, that was nice. My cousin is going to be in Maryland at the end of the month, too. Yeah. Is she a a stripper? She sells products. She travels around to all these private strip shows, and she sells her intimate products at these strip shows. Oh. She needs some assistance. I could could sell some clothes. You're a minister. (laughs) Strippers need to be blessed. Damn, she called you know out. Did I say more? Did I say more? Crystal, I okay. think that's a great idea. I think we will do that. I think we will do that. That's, some, that's a thought. That's something we can all do together. <laughs> Y'all got to throw your own dollars. So I'm not throwing the dollars for you, even though it's y'all birthdays. But anyway. <laughs> so if, how did you spend your birthday, by the way? You want to tell us about that? I went to uh, uh, to the mountains. I went to the Homestead Omni Resort and in Hot Springs, Virginia. And that place is everything. Um, I believe um, it established like in the 1700s or something like that. But of course, it went through many renovations. But um, Thomas Jefferson, the president, uh, third president of the United States, he stayed there. Oh. oh, so that's so that gives you an idea of the historical aspect of it. And then the other flip side of it is too. I know us folks, us uh, ex-slave descendants, you know, probably built that. So I felt some kind of way when I was there. I was experiencing, you know, the relaxation, the calmness. Because I went to the hot springs and I went to the the original pool that they had in that hotel was the very first pool in the world indoor pool in the world really first yes it's of course it has gone through many renovations the oldest one that's still kind of um still relevant still being used and so i felt kind of you know weird there too because i'm like how many of, of slaves um african slaves have actually um was there who built this and and I felt kind of like honored, almost, um, almost emotional, because I'm here as a black woman, and I'm a survivor. And if I am the hope of what they had when they were actually building this, like someday our descendants um, will be better than where we are now, and we are. They'll be we free. Yes. Re- we root. We are actually reaping the fruits of their labor. And I felt very honored to be in that type of spot, even though they probably would not help. They actually they would not have welcomed us in there. Right. And just moving forward, even um, when we were welcomed there, 
we came in through the back door. There was like servants' quarters and things like oh. that. So it it, it kind of puts you in a place where you're like, wow, it, it came surreal. And so, yeah, I took my happy behind to the most expensive restaurant there. And I ordered me some Prosecco. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a nice meal and they sung happy birthday to me because you know I did tell them it was my birthday. I told everybody it was my birthday. And so they did uh, treated me well. So I'm ex- I was excited. That, is <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> that Even though I life. shared more than you wanted to know, but there it is. <laughs> I'm glad you shared that because I, I, I love I love the the infusion of different emotions that you had. Um, experiencing that, you know, I don't even think I would have thought of that. So it's it's interesting yeah. to to hear you talk about that. But I'm glad you had a great time, girl. A great time. It was it was fun. It's the spa. Uh, they got horseback riding. They have golfing. They have um, where they shoot like quails and stuff like that. Oh, wow. uh, it's all kinds of things to do. Outdoorsy things to do. Bike riding, hiking, all kinds of things. So uh, I love it, and I'll definitely go back again. Nuts. We'll have to check that out, possibly as a group. Girl strip. Girl have to do that. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I'm glad that you had a great birthday. Happy belated birthday. Now, what we will tell you, listeners, is that April looks nothing of her age. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> but what we will not tell you, what we will not divulge is her age, how old she turned on her birthday. In order to find out, you'll have to go to our social media pages. And it just so happens I was gonna talk about our social media pages right here at this part of the episode. So if you Mm. want to find out how old April turned on April 7th, you'll have to go to our socials and look at the posts that we put up for her birthday with her beautiful pictures. On Facebook, you can find us on the Uncorked in Conversation Facebook page. Un, um, excuse me, wind down with uncorked Facebook group on Instagram at uncorked in convo, Twitter at uncorked in, TikTok uncorked in conversation podcast, and on LinkedIn uncorked in conversation podcast. To make it very easy, if you simply Google our name, you'll see all our socials come up. They come right up. You don't even have to type the whole name out. Once you type uncorked in, that's it. Bam. Whole page. So do do give us, uh, do take a look, give us a follow, and you can find out how old April turned. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I should have made that a guessing game. Guess my age. That would have been good. That would have been good. They would have had to have been on the socials to guess. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But let's go ahead and transition into uh, our wonderful guest tonight, Crystal. Um, just to tell you guys a little bit about Crystal, and then I'm going to have Crystal share some things about herself. She loves God. She is the author of Up for Air, Blood Runs Deep, C47 series, and as we mentioned, the host of the CX Cat. Hey, I still can't get it right. I'm going to get it good, real good. But that's Crystal's thing. Now. That's her thing. She's got that sultry, that sultry voice. But the CS Cafe, when you enter the CS Cafe, it is where stories give drama and we break with a dash of poetry. I love that. Again, welcome to the show, Crystal. We are so happy to have you. What what else can you tell our listeners about to give us some of your background and tell us tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? 
Well, I'm an award-winning poet along with um, the CS Cafe podcast. I'm also, as you stated, the author of Up for Air, Blood Runs Deep, and C47, the Agent Brown series. I am a playwright and screenwriter. I just do a lot of writing. I've been writing since I can remember. I did my first uh, script when I was 12. It had a dare competition and it was supposed to be like an essay competition, but I wanted to write a film. So I did a whole play and it got stolen on the bus. And I was Ooh. so pissed. And I had finished the whole play. It was about four acts and it was go. Oh my God. Now let me ask you, because that is, that's just astonishing, your talent. How old were you when you wrote that? I was 12. Wow. And somebody stole it. You never got it back? No. Oh, my. Have you ever tried to recreate it? Like, I didn't even know. Like, sometimes when you write, you get so, you know, attached and in the zone in that storyline that you don't even know what the heck you wrote. So recreating it, like, I don't even know what, what I wrote. Oh, and it may not even be the same thing if you try to recreate it. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, and so you've been writing for quite some time. Um, I, I noticed when I listened to your show, I was so just just taken um, with your talent because I said, gosh, she's much more than an author and, and um, podcast host. I said, she's an author. She's a poet. She's a storyteller. She's an actor. She's a voice actor. Just you, your talent is just mesmerizing. And to hear all of that take place on your platform is so exciting. It just, you know, very, very often we, we do things, you know, especially as creatives, and sometimes we limit ourselves. And I said, here's this young lady who is, she's not leaving anything on the floor. She is giving her all on this platform. What is that like? What is it like taking so many of your talents? I won't say all of your talents, because I'm sure you have so many more, but taking so many of your talents and infusing them all in one platform. That's great. Like when I'm, well, right now I'm doing Blood Runs Deep. So I'm doing like the audio part of that. And I just wanted to showcase the books because in today's age, a lot of people don't really want to read. So Mm -hmm. listening to it and you get the actual aspect of the author going into each character and (laughs) saying exactly how they want to say it. So I'm like, Yes. Let me fuse that, the storytelling on Fridays, so people get hooked into the books. And then, you know, they're already in it and in the zone in the books. So let me just flip it up on Saturdays and do my poetry, you know, spoken word. You know, some is very in your face, tilt like it is. Some is like, I need to get this shit off my chest. And some... Then we flip it. So it's like you have that one Saturday and then the next Saturday we get free. We let all the freaks come out at night. So it's kind of it's kind of flip-flop. Nice. That's nice. Nice range. 
Really? <laughs> really? So now the episodes then are parts of your books. Is that correct? Are they chapters? Yes. Okay. So, yes. the, okay. So I do like what this one has like 79 chapters. So I take four chapters per episode until I'm finished with this book. And then I'll go into another book and then I'll go into, I have three books so far and I'm working on the fourth. So then I'll go into the different plays that I wrote and do that. So I'm doing like pretty much a lot of the writings that I'm doing showcasing on my podcast. That is awesome. I and love that self-promotion. I mean, and the way she does it is amazing. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I, I had to listen to it this afternoon. And the first thing, oh my gosh, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. This is different. <laughs> this is different. Okay. Let me, let me keep going. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. <laughs> I yeah. It. It's really cool. It is really cool. Um, I started with, I want to say like episode eight or something. Can't remember what the name of that was. And it felt like I had jumped into the middle of something. So I said, okay, you know what? Because normally when I meet podcasters, I will start with their most current work and, and work backwards. But because I just feel like that's what everybody kind of does when they discover a new podcast. But then, I, like I said, I felt like I was missing something. So I said, well, let me start at the beginning. And that first story that I saw, Blood Runs Deep, that's the one you were just talking about. That really captivated me. I, that was, it, it really captivated me. And a little bit later, I'm going to kind of uh, talk a little bit about the characters in it. Because as I was listening, I assigned us to the characters april and paulette just so y'all know i put us in the episode <laughs> really oh wow okay. okay interesting interesting okay so uh <laughs> i'll definitely share that what what's crystal's had a chance to share share some of this uh, some of what she does um so you you migrate all of all of those talents into your work. Are there any particular authors or poets or artists, creatives that have inspired and influenced you? Who has how did how did this all happen? How did you so come up with this? I started, you know, in middle school, I was doing Maya Angelou, and she was one of my favorite women authors. So between her and I think there's Deborah Lee, there's another female author, but it's mainly Maya Angelou that I like, but I got all of my erotic pieces from men. I do like Zane. Oh, yes. But I, my first male piece where I opened everything was Elin Harris. May he rest in peace still. But yeah. he was my first male. Arthur Him, um, Eric Jerome Dickey, yes, yes, Carl Weber, uh, Omar Tyree. Like, I, I am one of those. Like, I take all. When it comes to writing, I mimic the men more so than the women, because men, to me, as a writer, they take control. You know, they're dominant in their writing pieces and you can tell it so that's how in, in my poetry I take the male side because 
when women write erotic pieces, they're submissive. They, they want to talk about what a man did to them, how it made them feel, how they felt great, you know, how it gave them butterflies. And I'm like, why do I have to be submissive all the time? That's great. It's good and all, but I don't want to be submissive. I want to dominate. I want to be like, come here, sit down, shut up, take it. So I, I kind of learned everything from male writers, male poets, and how they delivered their pieces and kind of like jumped into their mindset of every piece, like Eric Jerome Dickey on One and Woman. But my favorite book of his that got me really, that got me really into one of my first um, erotic pieces, which is called um, Sea Shots. I'm not going to say the whole thing because it's weird. And then the playlist <laughs> was um, Eric Drum Dickey's Pleasure. And it's about a woman who, you know, she fell in love with twin brothers mm-hmm. and she did both of them. <laughs> yep. So I was like, <laughs> Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. So I would reread that book like over and over again. And I would reread the part where she's doing both twins. So I was like, yes. Okay, I need to write this in my books. <laughs> nice. I love that approach. And I would have never thought of that, but you're absolutely right. When women write erotica, it is all about submission and how the man made them feel and what the man did to them or whomever they're with. And that is the difference in your pieces. The women are very empowered. They're very, that, that was why I, I so identified with one of the characters, Eva, I think her name was Eva or Ava. Eva. Yes. I totally identified where she's very take charge, you know, I'm not saying I'm necessarily that way in the bedroom. Y'all can figure it out on your own. But, <laughs> but she, you know, her, her, uh, her character and her openness with how she spoke about sexual activity spoke to me. Just not, not being shy and ashamed and, and falling into the, uh, the, the norms, if you will, the, the societal norms of how we're supposed to um, speak about sex as women. So yeah, I do. I appreciate that. I do. Wow. It's been a while since I read erotica novels, but I remember there was a time in my life when I did, I would say maybe in the nineties, that was really popular, um, especially um, African American uh, women and men. It was Mm -hmm. really popping back then. Mm -hmm. So everybody had a copy of this and the other, but I never thought about it in the perspective that you just mentioned that women, we kind of look at things through a different lens um, when it comes to things like that, because it's about feeling an emotion. And so when you talk about um, being dominant, that's not a a feeling emotion that we kind of settle easy into, unless you are that type of personality that Mm -hmm. commands it. But Mm -hmm. society tells us not to be like that. So mm-hmm. I applaud you for opening that up for women who are like, you know what, this is how I feel and I am empowered. It's not necessarily sex. It's really who you are. Sex just happens to be a pleasure of what, right. I, what you enjoy. 
Um, right. But I, that's a very interesting perspective of taking them, the woman mindset, well, a woman in a man mindset. I, that, that's interesting. So Creative. I gotta, read, I, gotta, I gotta read your books, girl. Mm-hmm, most definitely. <laughs> And I think too, because we're using a lot of the terminology you're talking about being dominant or being submissive, what I find interesting in, in a, a couple of your characters that I became familiar with is that, because even when you're, even if you are um, sexually assured, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're dominating it, during the sexual activity. You can still be submissive and experience what it is you're experiencing, but it's not like you're just waiting for it to happen. You're taking some control of it. You're oh. guiding it in some way yourself. It's not just, I don't want people to hear it and think we're just talking femdom. You know, nobody's, you know, it, I mean, somebody might be cracking the whip in some of the stories, but we, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking just about just the act and being able to be autonomous in your sexuality. And it, very often that that's been frowned upon. So I love it. What what made you start writing erotica? Um, what made me start writing erotica is basically feeling that part of, you know, I'm a late bloomer. So I didn't start dating until I was like 20. So it became one of those things where you had to fill out in college who you were as a woman, who you were, because there was no safety net. You know, mm-hmm. when you're dating in high school, there's a safety net. You have your parents there to kind of tell you about your emotions and tell you, you know, this guy is wrong for you. But if you don't start when you have your safety net, you start away from home. Now you have to figure that out on your own. So now mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out what do I like? What do I don't like? And you know, you have a mixture between is this godly because I grew up in church. So it's mm-hmm. like, is this godly? Is this not godly? It's erotica, you know, a sin. Is it not a sin? You know, it, can I be myself? So a battle in your head is like, can I be who I am? So I kind of held back a lot of things because I didn't really think that like men would actually take the fullness of who I envisioned myself to be because Mm -hmm. I was already thinking about sex at 11. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's uncommon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just like, you know, the act of just doing it first time. Like I was literally thinking of BDSM chaining Mm -hmm. men to a bed, like, I like you're my sex slave in the basement of my dreams type of at 11. My teachers were like my slaves in my head at 11. So it was like one of those things. But knowing that, you know, you get to a point where at a time I was open to pornography earlier on by babysitters. So Mm -hmm. that's what they had on TV. And then it would make you go to bed. But if you're like me, I'm not a sleeper. So I'm always up trying to figure out what's going on in their house. Like all I hear is moans. So I'm coming out and then they're smoking or, or you catch a babysitter in the act and they don't know you caught them. 
So it was like seeing that in my earlier childhood and then being at 11, now you're getting towards puberty. Now you're like, oh my gosh, now I'm, what am I going to do with all of this? What am I going to do with all these sexual things? I don't feel comfortable telling my parents that I am thinking way more than the actual, you know, prepubescent child is thinking of maybe they thinking about having sex or kissing. I was way past that. You were more advanced than some adults in your thinking. Yes. So I was like, I was way past that. So tell my parents, you know, it was just something you just don't talk about. Yes. Mm. Especially. Wow. Mm -hmm. And to be able to take those thoughts and, and I know it had to be a battle in your head, like you were saying, but to, to become, to use those thoughts in your creativity instead of running away from that in your mind, that is just such a mature, just well grounded, well centered um, response. I'm just like, I always thought I was very mature as a young preteen and teenager. Honey, you are, you were head and shoulders above me. Wow. It was, you know, it was a different realm for being, being open and being honest with myself. And I didn't really get to write in that until like high school. My parents caught me and they just freaked out. It was like, oh my gosh, you're not doing this. And then I kind of just, you know, suppressed you know, the writing and stuff, but Mm -hmm. instead of actually going out there and, you know, being a living, breathing nymph who, Mm -hmm. who's going out there and doing God knows who I put all of my thoughts and what I wanted to do into my writing. So that was my safe place instead of, you know, you probably being with multiple men and now they have like STDs or now you multiple pregnancies, the safest way for me to get all of that out was to put it in my work. That was the safest place for me when my parents didn't really understand what was going on and I didn't feel comfortable telling them I put it in my work. Wow. And that's such an intelligent way to look, perspective. And as a parent, and, and probably not then, not as you're going through it, you know, who knows. But as I think back, I'm thinking as a parent, how awesome it would be to be able to be as, to be able to be as open as I am now as a person and have my child feel comfortable. You know, uh, it, let's say I, I, I caught whatever you were writing. I would want my child to talk about that, especially being that you articulate how you were being safe about it, simply using your your creativity to explore these feelings rather than acting them out like so many people did. That's a reward for a parent. We should embrace that. But yeah. I'm sure it's nice for us to say that, whereas most parents probably would have reacted like, like right. your parents. Yeah, growing up in the church, you know, they kind of like freaked out, like, this is ungodly. And then they just made me throw it away. So a lot of scripts I had to throw away because they said that was ungodly. Oh my God. Did you, 
so did you also express that in your writing as well? Because, you know, I identified when, when you first said, or maybe Linda mentioned it in your bio that she was given that you were a Christian first, but then you're writing erotica and you're speaking poetry and you're doing plays and books and things like that. So my thing is, um, did that, was that a struggle for you at some point? And if it was... That how did you put that, those thoughts into your writing? Well, it's right now, it's still currently a struggle feeling, you know, feeling, you know, when I write erotica, when I go into open mics or when I go into spaces or eventually when I get booked to speak and you know, you're, you know, that you love the Lord, but, you are an erotic talent and mm -hmm. it's just a battle in your head of God is this a space that you want me to be in because I've been this way since I was a kid or is this you know you know am I going to kind of fold to the narrative that anything sexual is deviant is of the devil uh you're going to hell for it so I rather put everything I am into my work mm -hmm. and my poems and not saying that I'm not that way in person, but it's safer for me to put everything that I do or want to do in my writing. So if you really want to know me, you listen to what I have to say. Don't don't judge a book by its cover. Right. Basically, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I can see how that could be a struggle um with Christianity and sex. You know, that has always been a struggle. Um, but no, I I don't see nowhere in the Bible where it says that you should be condemned for it. Because once Christ entered the picture anyway, all is forgiven. So what you do, it opens up a lot of the secrecy in Christianity anyway, things mm -hmm. that they're doing anyway, behind closed doors, they're not talking about it. But you provide a platform for where anyone and everyone, no matter what your background is, Christian or not, you're able to, if that's who you are, that's who you are. And you should be able to express that no matter what. So if that's what you want to do, then um, I hope you come to terms with that and embrace that's who you are because I, I, I can see how that could be a, a struggle for you. And I think too, April, recognizing that all of these components make up who you are. I think that's important. It's, it's the whole person, you know? Right. It's just, it's just a part of you. This is not all of you. This right. is just you know, how you express yourself in these various ways. But like you said before, if you were to know me, then you get to know me, you know, all of me and not right. just what you perceive of me based on what you know, what little bit you know of me. Right. Well, I'm going to step back and, um, and make sure that I mentioned that I heard April say, but, and then I'm going to move on. <clears throat> <laughs> We're, we're having an ongoing argument here, Crystal. You know what? We'll talk to Crystal about this in a minute because Crystal's a writer too. We'll talk about that. But go ahead. Okay, what this. did I say? But what did I say? But 
I don't know, girl. At the beginning of that whole spill that you just did, you started off with, but yes, I, yes, I caught it. And I whatever just, I said, I said something that when I said, but I probably negated, I probably yeah. intentionally ne- supposed to be negating what I was okay. saying. All right, well, you go back and think about that. I'm going to say what I got to say now. I'm going to go back and rewind the daggone podcast. <laughs> He's the producer. She's the producer. <laughs> and you can edit the butt then. Anyway, I was just going to say is that um, I think what we forget and what people forget, and of course, when you put Christianity in there, is what's natural? What's the basis? What's the foundation? What were we here for? We were here to multiply. That's what men and women were supposed, that's what we were put here to make more men and women. How are we going to do that? I remember growing up myself, my mother and my grandmother, when, it was, when I first got my period, well, what is this all about? Keep your underwear up and your dress down. Well, why? Just do what I said. Mm-hmm. My dad was the one that told me everything. I'm like, dad, why they say, I don't even know why they say that. I don't even know what this is about. He told me everything. And for me, I felt like that was my foundation when it came to my children, because I don't hide anything. Whatever you want to know about, I made the mistake when I was telling my daughter and I forgot about the egg. So she thought she was a chicken, but okay. (laughs) Oh, we got past that. (laughs) You know, you know, and she's going to kill me for saying this, but she was kind of in the same situation. And I didn't blow my steam. I didn't blow my steam when I saw it because when I was her age, I was curious too. Everybody's going to be curious in a different way. I I will admit, Crystal, yours was a little bit further than I would think to go for myself, but you know, so what? (laughs) But the point is, I think if we would be open-minded more with our kids and just talk to them about it instead of, I don't care if you're a Christian or whatever you are, you're still a person first. And this is a natural part of life. And do you want this person, your child, to get this from another child out there that's just telling you what they know and learning it the wrong way? Or mm-hmm. from you to say, there's nothing wrong with it. It's mm-hmm. not giving them permission by saying there's nothing wrong with it because it's something they're going to encounter in their life. Anyway. Anyway. It's part of life. It is part of life. However you get through it, whether you're dominating or not, it's still, it's all part of your life. Part. Like April was saying, it's, it doesn't define you. It's just a part of your life. But in some cases, it's a critical part of some people's life. And we have to embrace it and say, hey, here's the foundation of it. Now, where you go from here, just think of the circumstances. Think of the consequences. Think of all of those things as you go forward. Because I'm still going to love you the same. I could care less what you do behind closed doors. I don't want to know. <laughs> right because it's private regardless of what it is it's private yeah yeah i, I hate the stigma you know uh, christian or or whatever faith does not mean you are not a sexual or sexualized person as you stated paula it's part of your life it's part of who you are and i think if we can take some of the stigma away perhaps our children will be much more open to explore their creativity look at how creative you are, Crystal, from those thoughts, those ideas. And I'm so glad you leaned into them and explored them because we have to keep our creativity blossoming. That is a big deal. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I love that. 
now I'm not a poet. I, I there's I couldn't even begin to try to be a poet. Anytime I tried to write poetry, I have failed miserably. When they tried to make us write poetry in school, I was so offended. I, and I'm I'm definitely um, a wordsmith. I write. I'm an essay writer. I, I, I write essays, articles, things like that. Um, always wanted to write erotica, but didn't know where to start. Nasty as all get out. Okay, like they know nasty, but. <laughs> No, we don't. We don't know. We don't know nothing. About what you that. call me, Paulette? What you call nothing. me? I don't call you nothing. She calls me trisexual, Crystal. Why? 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 Why trisexual? Say it, Paulette. Because she'll try anything. <laughs> but, but Crystal, if you had to give me a crash course right quick on how to begin writing erotica. How would you do that? What would you say? What does that look like? I would say start with what you want to do to a man or your spouse. First, figure out what you want to do. Are you going to be submissive? Or do you want to take charge? Do you want to be a dominatrix? When you write an erotica, are you talking about taking back what someone stole from you? When it comes to sexual assault? And you do it back to them? Or mm -hmm. what do you want to do? So when you're writing erotica, like me, I, I write more in a dominating sense. So I want to make your, your mind go down and your, your legs wet up and your dick get hard. I mean, it's just one of those type of things that you just, Sorry, you know, you got to, when you write erotica, what do you want the audience or your listeners or your readers to know? What kind of reaction do you want? Do you want them to be like, oh, that's nice? Or do you want to be like, man, I want to fuck. I want to fuck the, you know, yeah. the writer. Or do you want to be like, dang, baby, she done said all this stuff. Let's go in the bathroom. <laughs> so it's kind of like what you want your your audience to do? Do you want to seduce them? Which is our slogan for our podcast is seduce your mind. So I want to do mind seduction. So my voice is like literally in that part where I want to do mind seduction. I want to, you know, get all of your stresses out the way, make you feel like it's me and you in the room. And I'm going to take control of you. Nice. So that's mine. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's helpful. That's helpful. That's like erotica 101. Okay. That's right, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's it. Right. <laughs> now, Crystal, did you want, did you have a piece um, that you wanted to share with our listeners? Um, a spoken word piece, a poem, anything that you want to, to share? Yeah, I can do a little something, something. Uh -huh. Yay! Yeah. Be advised. I mean, okay, you, honey. it's an adult show, baby. It's an adult show. We're no good. kids allowed. That's right. <laughs> this piece is called The Playlist. See, I know you saw me from across the sea. Deep inside, I'm already horny. 
exposed like Eve in the garden, I am now aware of good and evil. Clothing myself with you, I am alerted that my senses have reached epic abnormality. Mutated into frequent orgasms, blown away by falsettos, knees convulsing uncontrollably, I am your adjective. As you act on verbs and climax to exclamation point, I am coming. Nigga, you got me coming. You got me moaning. You got me like, mm, 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 with you. You got missiles on a timer waiting to hit the target. You dropped the bomb on me. Atomic bombs like light waves. I am in there panting and screaming. See, sex oftentimes feel good after fucking. But when I do the sucking, when I can suck your tongue like football practice to the championship game, can I type my email down your back? Can I add my signature between your crack? See, you said you was a freak. Nigga, you just freaky. But I want it nasty. Don't push past me. Can I do whatever I think? Can I suck you on a handstand? Flip you upside down and swallow the four seasons. The invoice, the invoice was left like a credit card on tip trail. You said you was freaky, but you're just routine. Two sex positions away from retirement. Pussy in a cataclysmic drought. Sun is 110 degrees and I'm rolling. They can sleep because you're trolling. See, now you're playing. Now you're leaving the field open. No Hail Marys on a technical foul. You are pissing me off. See, I found a remedy. See, I recorded your present. Tied you down to the chair and made you watch it. Press play. See, your sister ate my genesis and she tapped that ass like bass drums. Filled her mouth with my everlasting Fiji. She was pleasing. See, your mother, a motherly figure, I had her ass spent over the table eating $500 worth of a seven-course meal. She made sure her breasts that fed you breast milk fed me the cheat code to your dick. See, your father, <laughs> nigga, your father, see, your father gave it nasty. He promised to he made me promise to swallow your younger siblings. See your father gave it nasty, licked his prostate into cancer remission, and I just kissed you past midnight. See, you said you were a freak, but your boss gave me your promotion because I inhaled his soul until he was fatal. May he rest in peace. See, I told you I was a freak, but I was just plain nasty. See, nigga, you thought you could dominate me. You are just jiving. Nigga can't even give me five on the black hand side. Can't tame me like I needed, so I tamed your inner circle and came on your feelings. Yes! Girl, exclamation point. 
That oh. was outstanding. Oh, yes. Wow. Girl, you served oh, it. Girl. Yes. You served, you, um, you served mm, it. Sorry. I'm going to have to end this early. I got to make <laughs> I know. That's right. Uh, I was about to say, uh, I need to take a flight to uh, Raw. <laughs> Book me a flight. Say, what you going to get off the, off the Zoom and do? <laughs> Let's see. My man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna go slide under the covers by myself. <laughs> well, sometimes toys work too hard. Shoot, hey, amen. That was outstanding. That was outstanding, Crystal. If I had a cigarette, I'll smoke it. Yes, I had chills. I had. And chills. That wasn't even my freakiest piece. Woo! You heard that, y'all. You heard that. He said, that's not even my... Pr- uh, y'all, y'all need to get on this. Y'all need to get on it. Get on yes. it. Yes. <laughs> that's right. I'm, that's- behind. I'm behind. I need to care. Girl. Girl, you and me both, because I'm going to go I'm gonna go listen to some more. You hear? <laughs> no, she don't turn me down. I was going to talk about, you know, one of the ones I like. I'm like, uh-uh. No, that's uh-uh, right. nah. We ain't even got to discuss that's- any of the ones I heard. Oh, because the ones I heard, serious. I ain't trying to go back to that now. I'm gonna stay right here. Me right. too. <laughs> Me too. Ooh, but the Lord. one I listened to was vocabulary, which I like. It was it was deep. I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, we could stay right here. That one yeah. right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Stay right there, that was something else, honey. <laughs> you like this one, and you're gonna love the one this Saturday. Oh, it's ooh. called "May the Pleasure Be Televised." Okay, this what is time on that Clubhouse. Day? This is on Clubhouse, right? This is on the podcast. Oh, this will be on Friday. Friday. It's okay. going to be on the okay. okay. What time is the podcast? The podcast drops at noon. Gotcha. Okay. 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 But you're but you say you're in Alabama, so you're on what? Central time? Central time. Yes. Right. So it'll be one hour time. Yeah. Okay. 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 No. I wanted to. I want to find this um, article that I had pulled up real quick. I sent it to myself. And then, Crystal, I'm going to have you share um, where people can find you online, share when they can find your podcast, et cetera. I found a piece that said, um, that mentions five reasons every woman should read erotica. Reason number one, erotica gives wings to our imagination. And Crystal, you really demonstrated that just through sharing with us how you got started and just through that piece that you even did for us. So gives wings to our imagination. Number two, erotica helps build anticipation. Yes, that's what I love about it. I love that. like mental foreplay. Because I'm one that Mm -hmm. loves the sexual energy even more than the sex. So Mm -hmm. that anticipation means a lot to me. Yeah. Three, erotica helps us in understanding what we want in a relationship. And you talked about making sure you know that if you're going to present erotica, that that's something you should know. Erotica is a stress buster. Heck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But go bust, bust as soon as we get off of here. (laughs) Flip streds. And number five, erotica helps us understand our sexuality better. And so I got that from thehealthsite.com. That's interesting. So do you agree with that, Crystal? I agree with every one of them. I use like every 
every all five. Yes, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> check, 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 check. Yes. And y'all ain't ready for this weekend. Oh no, I I'm gonna be listening. Y'all, uh, y'all um, what do we, do we have any plans this weekend? What y'all doing Saturday? I got a couple of weddings I gotta do. Oh, forgot his oh, wedding season. That's right. Oh, don't yeah. worry. I got I made the remix to this weekend. It's the last Saturday of of this month. So the, if, when you hear this, when you hear this weekend, just message me. Because the oh. remix coming the last Saturday of the month. Yeah. Okay. We'll that one's called yeah. May He Rest in Peace. Crystal, it has peace. been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your talent and everything. One moment. Are we before you do that? Okay. You do that, you said, the characters you said you was gonna sign. Okay. Us, you know, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. so caught up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In, in Blood Runs Deep, is that the one? Yeah. So yeah. there was a character, the character that's telling the story is Tori. Do I have that right, Crystal? Yes. Okay. Tori, but Victoria, but Tori for short. Okay. So I assigned so um and of course the story unfolds as you're listening to it. So I didn't even know what the relation was between those three ladies until later in the story. But anyway, so Eva is a down for whatever lawyer um, who's also a part-time happy ending masseuse. <laughs> now, oh. even though Sarita is a masseuse, Sarita who's not here with us right now, she's a masseuse, but Eva, I, she just resonated more with me just because of that freaky scene that she witnessed watching the people having sex and then the people came into her house and she had sex with all of them. What? I was just like, oh girl, yeah, that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> I did I did write Rita down at first and then I crossed it out and put me. So. <laughs> I'm thinking that Rita might be more of Gina who was a senior accountant. Gina had the weed and, and the wine. She, she, she was traveling with, you know, Rita always got a box of wine and she was a senior accountant. You know, Rita is on that money. Yeah. Okay, she got 15 yeah. jobs on. So Sarita is Gina. Lexi was the food connoisseur and I kind of felt like um, she was probably more you Paulette um, you know you, because you'll explain how you've created did you're, you're a cook so I kind of put you in the in the mindset of Lexi and then Tori the main character that's going to be you April honestly by default oh, oh. <laughs> well, well she tells hell. a good story but well, let me tell you something my fire sign friend she a little freaky too. Uh -huh. Ain't that right, Crystal? <laughs> only one ain't freaky is the youngest one. The yeah. youngest one. Okay. And three of them are triplets. Is that right? Which three are the triplets? Tori, um, Gina, and Eva. They're Eva. identical triplets. Yes. And their eyes change color. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. So that's 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 who we are, y'all. We in the story. <laughs> I'm Tori, but by default, I mean I have no personality. What's what's going on with that? I'm Tori. Oh, I have, you have a personality. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Give me something. Okay. I 
can, I can be a freak. Um, I want to know what my freak. <laughs> I need to know my freak level is. Tori is a doctor. She, her, she wanted to be a cardiac surgeon, but her grandfather was the medical examiner, so they made her do the medical examiner and all that stuff. But once later in the story, she finally gets her dreams of being a doctor at the hospital. I ain't gonna tell too much, but that I'm gonna have to read for myself. Okay. Okay. So see you're a brainiac free. That's what you are in real life. Right. Hello. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. So uh, the CS Cafe can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google, and probably most other places where you get your podcasts. Is that right, Crystal? Yes, anywhere that you can listen. Um, except Pandora. Pandora takes forever. It does forever, yeah. It does take forever. And if you would share with us where our listeners can find you on social media, and also share with us how someone could be a guest on your show. Well, I'll start right right now. The show is a singlepreneur, so there's it's not a guest <laughs> style for the show. Okay. But you can find me on Facebook at the CS Cafe, uh, LinkedIn, also the CS Cafe, Instagram, the CS Cafe, Clubhouse, the CS Cafe. And we do open mic nights every Saturday at 8. We're starting kicking it off this Saturday. It'll be a slam poetry open mic night. So if you love poetry, you don't got to get on stage. But if you love it and you want to listen to all the poets out there doing their thing, just come on in the room. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. I am going to check you out Saturday. I'm free Saturday night, so I'm going to check you out Saturday. I'll ping you guys so y'all can join if you're available. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, Crystal, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much uh, for spending time with us today. Um, I'm sure our listeners are eating all of this up. I know they're like, ooh, ooh, that's right, y'all. Risque, but we're glad you liked it. Um, Before we close, I want to share um, just some words of encouragement for our listeners and for us, keeping in mind that people will throw stones at you. Don't throw them back, collect them all and build an empire. Yep, that's right. That's right, that's right. So we thank you all for listening to Uncorked in Conversation. And until next time, Be sure to stay uncorked and wind down. Thank you for listening to Uncorked in Conversation. This podcast is co-hosted by Linda White, April N. Brown, Paulette Irvy, and Sarita Boston. It is produced and edited by April N. Brown. The music is by Ben Sound.